the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you are a Christ follower, your, your eternity is secure. There's nothing that can take that away. You start demolishing those strongholds. You start taking those thoughts captive. You start experiencing God's best. And that'll be for your good and His glory. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me in the Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. That'll be where we spend most of our time today as we begin this new message series throughout the month of January called Breaking Free. Today's message I'm calling, Why Not the Best? That's the title of a book written many years ago by former president Jimmy Carter. He begins this book with an antidote uh, describing a, his time in the Navy. He said, I had applied for the nuclear submarine program, and Admiral Rickover was interviewing me for the job. It was the first time I met Admiral Rickover, and we sat in a large room by ourselves for more than two hours, and he let me choose any subjects I wished to discuss. So very carefully, I chose those about which I knew most at the time, current events, seamanship, music, literature, naval tactics, electronics, gunnery. And he began to ask me a series of questions of increasing difficulty. In each instance, he soon proved that I knew very little about the subject I had chosen. He always looked right into my eyes and he never smiled. I was saturated with a cold sweat. Finally, Rickover asked his future commander-in-chief what his standing was in his Naval Academy graduating class. Carter answered proudly, 59th out of more than 800 cadets. But he encountered the admiral's implacable question, did you do your best? Carter says, I started to say yes, sir, but I remembered who this was, and I recalled several times I could have learned more about our allies, our enemies, our weapons, our strategy, and so forth. I was just human. I finally gulped and said, no, sir, I didn't always do my best. He looked at me for a long time, and then he turned his chair around to end the interview. He asked one final question, which I've never been able to forget or to answer. He said, why not? I sat there, President Carter says, for a while, shaken, and then I slowly left the room. That question 
why not the best, shook a young Jimmy Carter. But that question should shake many of us, professing Christ followers, who've lived our lives settling for mediocrity, filled with the scars of sin, forfeiting God's best. And the tragedy is we fail to acknowledge that thanks to Jesus, there's no reason why this has to be the case. Thanks to Jesus, we can experience God's best. That's our truth. That's our reality. For the Christ follower, the battle for God's best takes place in the battlefield of the mind. That's why the scripture talks so much about the renewing of the mind. One of the most familiar passages is Romans chapter 12. Look at it in verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that question, which I've been asked more than any in more than 30 years of ministry, all throughout my life, I've seen Christ's followers struggle. How do we know and do God's will? And the answer is here, we renew our mind. You come today and you think you're struggling with a specific addiction, a habitual sin habit. You think you are struggling just with emotional pain and anger or insecurity. The scripture teaches us that the battlefield for all of these is the mind. All temptation begins in the mind. Just think about that. You've not done something, even something very bad, that did not first start here. If you learn to manage the mind, you will learn to manage your life. That's what we've learned as we've journeyed through Romans. In Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul says in verse 22, In my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. You remember that? He says, I I know what I should do. I I know what I want to do. I I know what I could do. But it's like a battle, and the battle's taking place in the mind, and it's keeping me from this. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to deal on that battlefield. We're going to talk about some of those addictions and habitual sins that you feel like you're struggling with, those attitudes or those emotions that are controlling your life. And we're going to see what God's Word says about this. But today, we've got to set the stage. How does the battlefield for the mind take place? Well, first, you've got to understand our enemy. We only have one enemy, right? I tell you that often. You really only have one enemy. He's Satan. He's the father of lies. He's the one that has caused all kinds of havoc in this world. He's the deceiver. We lose on the battlefield of the mind when we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. So just think about this even before I lay them out to you. Are you believing the enemy's lies? Because for some of you, that's what's crippled you. You're believing the lies of the enemy like this. The lie that says you're just a bad parent. Or it's all your fault. Or you're ugly and nobody likes you. Or this one. Politicians can fix everything. (laughs) Or this one. You do you. Or your sexual feelings are actually the truth or your past really does define you you're a fake you'll never be good enough 
And we could go on and on and on lies that have impacted and affected your life because you've believed them and you've just lived that way. Kind of like when I was growing up and occasionally we would have the opportunity to go to the pool or in the small town I lived in to the lake. And my mom would always tell me wherever we were, even if we were at the beach, hey, you have to wait 30 minutes after you eat before you can swim If you're a parent and you've ever said that, I want you to be bold right now. Raise your hand if you're a parent and you told your child that. That's a lie. There's no truth to that. It's a myth. Think of all that time innocent little children have missed swimming because they bought the lie. Here's the deal. Every Christ follower must decide whether they're going to live according to the lies of the enemy or the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, that's your choice. You're either going to live according to the lies of the enemy or the truth of the gospel. So for a lot of years, Christian authors and teachers and preachers have written and and taught about this. And man, there's so many resources that that I look to. I I love listening to folks like Tony Evans or or, or Rick Warren or Dr. Eric Mason has been a a great speaker on this in my life. And even one of my buddies, a good friend of mine, Alan Brumbach and I were kind of diving into this subject and teaching our flocks together together. Uh, There's an author named Dr. Chris Thurman. Maybe you've read some of his books, The Lies We Believe. There's a new one by John Mark Comer called Live No Lies. But it all comes back to this. The idea is the same. Christ followers have to recognize and resist the lies of the enemy. And yet we live in a society that is overwhelmed with lying everywhere you turn. Lies and disinformation. Maybe a a great illustration of this is just go to your television and and turn to the series of channels that portray the news and flip back and forth. And you'll find that different networks are saying totally different things. They can't both be right. Truth is, as I've investigated, I've found usually they're both wrong. It's often not news, it's propaganda. Gary Kasparov said the point of modern propaganda isn't only to misinform or to push an agenda, it's to exhaust your critical thinking and to annihilate truth. If they can get you to believe their lie, then they can manipulate you. And the same is true in the spiritual world. If the father of lies, the enemy, if Satan can get you to believe the lie, then he can control and manipulate your life and and you forfeit the best. You forfeit abundance. You forfeit that which God has intended for you. Did you know that the 2022 word of the year, according to Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, is gaslighting? I don't even know that before preparing this, I, I could have defined gaslighting. But it was used all the time as the word for the year in 2022. It's the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. You know who was the originator of gaslighting? The father of lies. That's what he does. He manipulates or exaggerates or presents a false truth for one purpose, for misleading you and for his advantage. One of my friends is a guy named Shane Pruitt. He's, he's probably having as much impact on the coming generation as anyone today. I saw him tweet this recently. He said, our world is so in love with lies that the truth sounds like hate. That's where we are. So let's go back to the question. Why are so many Christ followers not experiencing God's best? Here it is. When Christ followers believe the lies of the enemy, we forfeit God's best and we develop strongholds in our lives that can only be demolished by the power of the gospel. Let me say that again because that's the main thing I want you to get today. When Christ followers, that means if you're here and you know, hey, pastor, no matter what happens, if I were to die today, I would instantly be face to face with Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind I'm going to heaven. So if you're in that group, which is a pretty awesome group, your name's written in the book of life. I'm saying when Christ followers believe the lies of the enemy, we forfeit God's best and we develop strongholds in our lives that can only be demolished through the power of the gospel. And that's what the Apostle Paul's addressing in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now here's the context. This is a classic church struggle. Some of you have been in this church. Remember, Paul is writing his letter, just like all his letters, to a specific church. This is the church at the place that's called Corinth. We're going to visit there. If you go on a trip to me, the Journeys of Paul, probably in August of this year, we're going to visit Corinth. Paul's writing a letter to them about something going on in the church. What's going on? They're split. It's a church split. And guess what they're split over? Paul. It's like a church that's split over the pastor. They don't like him. You know what they don't like at him? They don't like anything. They don't like what he teaches. We even know from history they don't like the way he looked. He didn't really look like one of them. Sound familiar? They don't like the music. They don't like the way you dress. They don't like the lights. And so Paul is now having to deal with, as he's the apostle. He's been sent out by God, kind of overseeing the ministries of these churches. And he's helping them understand. And he begins chapter 10 in a very quick and simple way, just speaking of his attitude. He doesn't defend himself very much. He does proclaim his attitude. And basically he says, hey, just for the record, I'm, I'm striving for godliness. I, I'm really trying to be Christ-like. And, and let me just tell you, because I'm confident we probably have some guests here today, and some of you are here, and just by the nature of humanity, there are probably things, even if you're a regular part of this church, that you say, I don't really like that about our church. Uh, let, me, let me just refresh you in something. While there are bad apples out there, there are false prophets, there are teachers and preachers that are, are not of God. That becomes very clear as you listen to them. For the most part, pastors that stand to present God's word, they're not setting out just to make you angry. In fact, it doesn't make us happy when we find out you're upset. You don't like us. So Paul is saying, you know what he's saying? 
He's saying, hey, I really am trying to pursue godliness. I'm seeking to be Christ-like. That's his attitude. But that's it. That's all he says. Then he puts things into perspective. He reminds them of the reality they're dealing with. And this is where it gets super practical for all of us. Because he says, you think you're dealing with something human. You think you're dealing with what you don't like about me. You think you're dealing with what you don't like about the way the church is going. But the reality is, you're in a spiritual battle. And I'm just telling you, guys, on this second Sunday of 2023, this 54-year-old man who's been around church all his life, I'm just telling you, 99.9% of the time when there is church conflict, it's not about another person. It is a spiritual battle that's waging war in your mind. And so Paul says, let me tell you about the arsenal God gives you to fight that battle. And that's what we're going to deal with. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning verse 3, this is the word of God. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say divine power. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Say demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Say those four words. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, Father, once more in the name of Jesus, we ask you, speak. We're listening. Oh, God. Holy Spirit, move in this place with my arms up outstretched to you. I just ask that you would be praised. Jesus, let your name be lifted high as we meet together. Lord, with my hands open before you, I ask that you would just fill me. Let my words be your words. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Lord, with my arms outstretched, I just tell you, I surrender. I hide behind your word and behind the cross of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, now do your business. Give us what we need we don't have. Teach us what we need to learn. Make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember the main thing, right? When Christ's followers believe the lies of the enemy, we forfeit God's best and we develop strongholds in our life that can only be demolished by the power of the gospel. And in these verses, Paul gives us three truths about strongholds. That's what we're talking about this morning, strongholds. Number one, there's a reality every Christ follower must understand. Here it is. We are in a spiritual war. I want you to say that sentence with me. We are in a spiritual war. Do you recognize that? This is a battle. It's a spiritual war. That's not the first time we hear this in Scripture. In in Ephesians, in chapter 6, in this battle passage where Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, it says in verse 12, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If you are a Christ follower, you're waging war against one enemy. That's the good news. The bad news is he's fighting hard. He's in a global campaign. He has a strategy to take you and the rest of God's people down. And it's not new. It started in the garden. And then you might remember this interaction with Job. In Job chapter 1 and verse some. Now Job, many people believe, is the oldest book in the Bible. That's confusing to you because of where it lands chronologically in the Bible. But many people believe this was the first book written. 
Here's what it says. Job chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, where did you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. So Satan being cast out of the garden, being told there in that experience with Adam and Eve that his life was going to end, that he was going to be cast into hell, that his head would be crushed under what we know is ultimately the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross. Satan's just roaming around seeking who he can mess with. And then if we kept reading, we would find out that he finds Job. And he's intrigued because he says Job is a righteous man. And let me just tell you something. If you feel like you're really battling with the enemy, that's not necessarily bad news. Probably means you're doing some things right. If he's not messing with you, hello. I mean, just think about that, just logically. So he says Job is a righteous man, but I think I can get him off course. I think if I start taking stuff away from him, he'll reject you, God. And so God says, okay, do whatever you want. Just don't kill him. And then we know the story. He just begins to wreak havoc in Job's life. And even after everything, what does Job say? I know this, my redeemer lives. Why? How could he say that in the midst of everything? Truth is, we have about 40 chapters where we see this taking place. But he's winning the battle of the mind. But it's not just the Old Testament. Did you know 1 Peter 5, 8 says this? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Let me give you the Paul Purvis paraphrase of that verse. The devil is alive and well, and he's after you and your mama. He does not like you. He wants to mess you up. He's seeking to steal your peace, to, to kill your joy, to destroy your life. So you have to understand where that battle begins. And as I mentioned, it takes place in the mind. Paul refers to this as arguments and pretense. I like how the New Living Translation says this. It helps us understand it a little better. Listen to this. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So what are the strongholds? Human reasoning and false argument. What's human reasoning? Human reasoning is whatever I've come up with to think I can resolve the situation. How I as a human have reasoned that I can get myself out of this. So just there, we can recognize, even though we're really not getting into this this week, you're struggling with some addictive behavior, you call it, or some habitual sins, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm going to do better next week. I promise I won't let this happen again. I, I, I'm going to come better. You're, you're just human reasoning. False arguments, what's that? That's the lies of the enemy. Things that aren't true. Craig Groeschel says this about the battlefield of the mind. Your mind is a battlefield, and the battle over your life is always won and lost in your mind. I love the great Adrian Rogers. He's in heaven now, but he once said, the devil would rather get, get you to think wrong than to do wrong. If you do wrong, you might get right. But if you think wrong, you may not even know you need to get right. That's why that great motivator and leader who's also in heaven used to say, Zig Ziglar, he would say, you need to get rid of your stinking thinking. You need to check up from the neck up. 
He understood that the way we think, our our mind makes so much difference. And so you have to decide whether or not you're going to fight this battle that's taking place from the enemy's lies in your mind. So how do you do this? How do you battle the enemy's lies? What do you think? How do you battle a lie? Somebody shouted out, how do you battle a lie? Truth. So what is truth? Well, that was Pilate's question to Jesus. What is truth? It's a reality or that which corresponds with reality. What's a lie? It's unreality or that which does not correspond with reality. And so here's the truth. There is nothing or no one that's bigger or stronger than our God. So some of us are letting the enemy, Satan, live rent-free in our minds and we're accepting his unrealistic falsehood, his lies. The only way to win the battle is to intentionally wage war. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.